It's hard to believe that we all have been called into ministry. I mean, we think about some of the big time preachers that are out there and we think, gosh, I can't be into ministry. I I don't have a pulpit or I don't have a church. Well, you have hands, you have feet, and that's all that Jesus called us to do is to be his hands, be his feet, and to be the church. Well, our guests tonight are Brian and Julie Whitmore Parks, and that's exactly what they've been doing. Brian and Julie have been ministering from their home, at work, Facebook, I don't know, wherever the Lord just sends them or wherever the Lord, if their phone rings and they minister through the phone, it they just are so willing. And so I'm really excited to share their story, to share their experiences so that maybe you who are listening get excited about becoming a church. So welcome so much, Brian and Julie. Welcome to Touch by Prayer. It's such an honor and such a privilege to to have you guys on. Hi, Lisa. It's such an honor for us. We're really excited. Well, hi, Lisa. Hi, Julie. <laughs> so, so let's let me just get a little bit of um, an understanding um, about. First of all, you guys. I just found out you guys just got married, so you're actually newlyweds. Yes, we are. Okay. We actually, we actually got married April fifteenth. It was a great way to redeem tax day. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's it. You know, pay your taxes, get a bride. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. (laughs) It was actually a a very unconventional uh, marriage uh, from the natural standpoint. Okay. Uh, It was in God's plan and purposes for us. And we have just entered into something supernatural in fact, even in our very wedding ceremony, God showed up in a powerful way. And it, actually, I thought both the pastor and I were going down. Fortunately, when I grabbed his shoulder, he was trying to fall in the opposite direction. So we did manage to stay on our feet. <laughs> That's awesome. So can you just give us a little bit of background of how you guys met? Because I know there's a story. Yeah. Actually, Julie, can you do that? Sure. Yeah, we just met on a mutual Christian teaching site, one, you know, an offshoot of Facebook, and um, at that point we were just kind of adding friends, and, and he sent me a friend request, and I accepted, and we didn't talk or interact at all for months and months, and I was just looking for like-minded people because I was developing and growing in the spirit, and so I was flipping through my new friends one day and went, oh, I wonder what this guy's all about, and, and the rest is history. Okay, so both of you were single. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Very. Okay, and were were you actually asking the Lord to send that special person? No, no, not at all. I was I was very happily single and and I had no plans on getting, you know, hooked up with and married and and so it just I just wanted someone that that was understanding that what I was going through um, developing in the prophetic and all these jumps and leaps and bounds through, you know, the Holy Spirit. And I just couldn't find anybody who understood what I was going through. And, and it's like, oh, there he is. That's so cool. So now, now, Brian, were you searching or you just were like, Lord, when you find the right one, just, you know, give me a tap and I'll know. Actually, I really wasn't looking. I was uh, very comfortable at that time of my life where I was and where I was with the Lord. And I had uh, 
great fellowship and relationships built in the church and fellowship and some of the ministries that I was involved in, uh, meaning, meaning more on a training basis and, you know, then uh, spending some time occasionally working in healing rooms and things of that nature for uh, people I was in fellowship with. Okay. So I really wasn't looking, but it, I, I've had it happen so often to me, I began to recognize the setup when it began to manifest. And so I, I got excited about it, but, you know, the rest pretty much is history. <laughs> Well, I think it's, I, I love the fact that, you know, Julie, you were saying that you were in such a beautiful place with the Lord that you didn't want somebody to come in who didn't understand because you didn't want anything to, you know, to stop the growth that God was doing. Mm-hmm. So now um, I also have, know that, that you had a radical encounter with Jesus. So do, would you want to kind of share that, like how you got yourself into this place of the prophetic was flowing and everything? Because I think what happens is when you have a, a Jesus encounter, life just doesn't go back to the same old, same old. Right, right. Well, yeah, I'll try and do this really briefly. Is it? Yeah, I was a nurse for 28 years and I hit a deer on the way home from work one night. And what followed was that I had to quit nursing and then I had weird seizures and severe memory and cognitive issues and so I was living alone by myself I had a dog but I was basically out for two years I don't remember much of it at all and I was down with these weird little seizures all the time and there just came to a point where it was like okay God you and I have to have a talk I mean I can't live like this and so we just spent one night and we just had this great conversation and ended up, he's like, I just was like, okay, if I'm going to be taken out of the profession I love, what do you have for me? Because there's got to be something. And he's like, oh, honey, you just, you have no idea. <laughs> and so then, then this prophetic gift just, just bam. And I have been just blessed with different friends who have helped me along the way. And it's just, it's just been fantastic. It's just blown me out of the water. So it's interesting that you were a nurse in your profession, and then as soon as you kind of, like, had to leave that, now you're a nurse in the spiritual realm. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, he, he didn't take away your calling. He just, he just changed your place of employment. Right. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So now, Brian, how did you kind of come into this place? Uh, well, actually, I got set up. I we, I was at a time in my life years ago when I was turned off by the church. I really wasn't seeking the Lord. And, of course, I was running in the fullness of everything I could find in the earth. And what I did not know at that time and didn't find out until after I came in the kingdom is I became uh, a burden on the heart of someone that was close to our family. And he was bombarding heaven on my behalf. And that burden grew so big that he somehow contacted people around the country that he was in fellowship with. And to this day, I don't know how many countless numbers of people 
was praying on my behalf. But to make a long, long story short, uh, the third time I heard the voice of the Lord was June 29th, 1978, about one or two in the afternoon. He had shown up. He had shown up and spoken twice previously in that year. And both the first two times I heard his voice, the first time I looked through the house asking who's in here, it was that audible. And he said what was going to happen if I went out the door. And I thought, well, this is crazy, and this is unbelievable. And I walked out, and the very thing that I had heard happened. And so the second time I heard his voice, two months later, the very things he spoke prophetically happened. And so when I heard his voice the third time, June 29, 1978, he actually told me, Brian, there's no more time. If you go out the door and go to work today, you will not arrive on the way you're going to be in an accident, and you'll be eternally separated from me. And I went flat on my face in my home, and it was like an invisible hand reached inside of me as I cried out in forgiveness. And he took all this junk that my life had been, and I felt it literally lift out of the top of my head. And I got up and went through the house and destroyed everything that in any way I felt like had separated me from him and took me in another direction. And it's just been one wild ride ever since. It's had moments. There's been ups and downs, of course. I've made mistakes along the way. But his grace has always been sufficient. And so from that radical encounter for me, things just immediately opened up. They were not things that I asked for. I didn't even know you could ask for them. And yet they began to manifest in my life. Wow. That's, see, that's what I love. It's like when you don't even know it exists and then it, then it like appears before you and you're like, wait, what I can do this or, oh my goodness, we're allowed to do this or I can see this. There's something inside of you that's like, but I didn't even ask for this. I didn't even ask for this, but you're giving it to me. So it must be from you because where else could it come from? Right. That's very cool. And what... You know, it, it just shows how much the Father pursues us, how much he wants to be in fellowship with us and, and what he's willing to do, that he's, he's willing to break the sound barrier <laughs> yeah. so that you could hear him, so that he could touch you in such a way because church wasn't doing it right? and the people weren't doing it, so he had to do it. Right. Yeah. See, I, to me, I think that's... That's the part about, about the father that I love so much is that he will move heaven and hell to get his kids back. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And it's, it's made such a, a radical shift in us, in our hearts. And I, I think that's really, really key is to understand his hot path.
compassion for intimacy with us. And it's so changed us and shifted our hearts that our greatest desire is just to see others have encounters with him for themselves. Absolutely. To experience his love in unexpected ways and unexpected places. That and that's see that's the whole like we're to be the hands and the feet, but I think a lot of people think that it's just for pastors. But it's it's for his children. It's for yeah. anybody who believes. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's absolutely a body ministry. And I think we're coming back to that. I think we're coming back to the place like, you know, after Jesus was resurrected and he he went to be he went to go sit at the right hand of his father. Like what happened is that everything shifted and everything and the Holy Spirit came down and went into the apostles and then the apostles were having these Jesus experiences and so now instead of having one Jesus, it was like, wait, there's lots of them now, <laughs> you know, the yeah. fact, and, and, but something got lost, something yeah. got lost. But I, I really believe that God started to blow on certain individuals and, and it's almost like, like when you have a, a campfire mm-hmm. and you blow on the, the, the Kindle to get the um the logs <laughs> to get them on fire because once you get the logs on fire then you know it's going to burn for a while absolutely and i think that's what he's doing is he's picked out some logs <laughs> that are are just helping the fire and then what's happening is that he's adding more he's adding more logs into the fire until it's going to become like an inferno absolutely and so absolutely now, let me just ask you guys a question. Like, how, how did you... Now, I know that you guys do some work in a prophetic room that's on Facebook, I believe. Correct? Yes. Okay. But also, like, people are calling you and, like, you know, you can't go to Walmart or <laughs> to a store, you know, because daddy's just like, oh, you're going out? Cool. I got somebody for you to meet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's it's exciting when you realize when when we go out to do the simplest things, uh, such as you mentioned, go to Walmart, go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. somewhere like that. Daddy goes with us. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, if you can begin to sense the Holy Spirit hovering somewhere, He's not just hanging out. Right. It's like when he was hovering over the waters in the creation account. He he wasn't just hanging out. He was sitting there waiting to do. So I think a key for me is is just learning to be sensitive to him. And if I can sense where he's hovering, I know he wants to do something. And it's simply inquiring, okay, you've got my attention. What do you want to do? What are some of the ways that that you've actually gotten that word of knowledge like what are some of the is it you know because i know each each circumstance and each encounter is so different and i think that that daddy does that because he doesn't ever want us to get used to something so i think he always likes to kind of change it up a little bit oh absolutely he does julie do you want to start off with that one no i'll let you go first okay uh it's it's ever changing for me I mean, it really is. From, from my first revolutionary encounter, 
that defied everything that I had heard, you know, when I came into the kingdom, there was a time that I would just hear him speak. And as long as I listened and cooperated with what he was saying, I would see him move. But that has switched up in uh, his voice has become uh, much of a much more of a still small voice that most people refer to. Uh, and I guess a lot has to do with simply believing he's so good to all his creation that he's continually looking for ways to release heaven and the earth. So, for example, uh, not long after I arrived here, after Julie and I were married last year, we were had been spending time working on the house and making it into our home. And I, I'm normally not one to eat breakfast, but that day out of the blue, I says, babe, let's just take a break. Why don't we go to a restaurant and get some breakfast? So... I wasn't even familiar with the town. She says, we'll just go down here to this restaurant, and so we go. And when we do, we end up with a waitress by the name of Dixie who worked there, and she's waiting on us, and her good hand, the hand that she normally uses, was in a wrist brace. And so as we sat there and interacted, uh, Julie asked her, hey, what happened to your wrist? And so she explained the issue she was having and the intense pain, and she wasn't able to, to function well in that present moment. Her pain level, when we inquired, was at a 10. And I started laughing. I thought, this is a setup. And so I asked her, Dixie, you know, if God showed up right now and healed you, how would you know? And she responded, that's really easy. I would know because the pain was gone. And so I looked at her and I grinned and I says, would you like to see something really cool? <laughs> and, I, and I love that question because yeah. who doesn't want to see something cool? Absolutely. They're just not expecting Jehovah Sneaky to show up. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but I found it, it, it works better for me. A lot of times if you introduce the idea of praying for somebody in public places, they're not really comfortable with that. It's, it's not in their lifestyle or their language. So I simply asked her if she wanted to see something cool, and she says, well, sure. And I says, well, hold out that wrist. And she held it out. And I says, Father, thank you that you love her, and thank you that you so desire to show her how much you love her just the way she is. So we just release the will of heaven into the earth and into her hand right now in the name of Jesus, pain, go, be healed and be made whole. And she, she gave me a funny look as I let go. And I says, what are you feeling? <laughs> and she immediately spun around and started picking up the dishes off an empty table across from us. She couldn't even speak. 
And so I waited a minute, and I said, I called her by name, and she spun back around and looked at me, and I says, what do you feel? <laughs> and she looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, it's, it's gone. gone. <laughs> the pain is gone. And it was, I was, I was laughing afterwards because I asked Julie, I wonder how long she's going to leave that brace on <laughs> mm-hmm. before she realizes she doesn't need it anymore. And I believe it was about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. It was about 10 minutes later. She had peeled it off. She came back, moving her wrist all around. She was using it now to carry the full pot of coffee. And she was laughing. She says, this is so amazing, and I hope you don't mind, but the first thing I had to do is go tell my coworker. You want to take that? Yeah. Yeah. So she went back and talked to her coworker, and she came back. She says, my coworker wants you to pray for her. She's got a stomach problem. And she had come to the table, and then she left without getting prayed for, but then she came back. So we prayed for her, and then the next time we went in, we asked her how it was, and she says, well, they can't find the problem. And so we just kind of looked at each other, and, and Brian said, it's trauma. And I said, yeah, it's trauma. So we prayed for her about that. Mm. So we haven't been able to get feedback from her because we haven't seen her since. But it's just, it's just amazing in a restaurant full of people to just not be afraid to just pray for people. Oh, heck, I, I pray for people in restaurants. Um, I'll, in fact, diners seem to be daddy's favorite place to get me. I know. What's <laughs> up with that? It's like diner and Cracker Barrel. <laughs> it's fellowship around food. Yes, yes. Well, you know, I, I was actually praying for um, for a couple, and I was praying for the wife, and we were we just went out to dinner, and after we prayed, I mean, she, she got healed of some stuff, and she got delivered of some stuff, but, you know, the gold dust fell. We found gold wow. dust. It was all over us. And this is in a, in a, in a Cuban restaurant. So he also likes Chipotle because gold dust has fallen in Chipotle too. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think he likes Mexican restaurants. But but the interesting <laughs> thing is that what I started to, to understand is that all we have to do is release the presence. Yeah. That's it. Once we release the presence, then, then you know, then the Holy Spirit will do what the Holy Spirit does, and that's heal and set free and just like give encounters of a supernatural kind to people where they're changed. And it's not because you said, here, read this book. Here, take this pamphlet. Here, you're a sinner. God's not going to heal you until you repent. Yeah. Like the, when somebody once said to me when I, because the Lord highlighted somebody at a restaurant, and he said, um, I said, you know, the Lord really wants me to pray over your leg. Would that be okay? And he said, yeah, that would be great. And his friend said, how much? How much? Wow. <laughs> and I, and I, I, I was really shocked by that. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to charge him anything. I said, God didn't give me this gift to charge, and he's right. not going to charge you. So we, we actually prayed and I prophesied over them and they really had a radical encounter with Jesus. And the interesting part is we were going to go into the back and, and leave the, the restaurant. We were going to go into the parking lot and I was, because one was ready for salvation, but the other two weren't. And the Holy Spirit told me, don't do it. 
And I thought, oh my gosh, that has to be the devil. <laughs> it has to be the devil. You know, here I am bringing them into the kingdom of God. And he said, he said, Lisa, if you do this, the other two will feel like they got tricked and it won't wow. stay. He said, just bless them. Yeah. And I said, okay. And I didn't feel like, because listen, if you're going to bring somebody into the kingdom of heaven, they, they have to be willing to go. Right. And I, and I think sometimes that we become so excited and get on our agenda that we're really not paying attention to what the Holy Spirit's doing. He says, yeah. just be Johnny Appleseed, drop the seed. I'll send somebody to water it and somebody else will actually pick the fruit. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I really have come to the conclusion that the kingdom's all about relationship. Mm. I mean, he, he, the Bible has declared that he's placed the kingdom of heaven in, within us. Mm-hmm. So the real key is uh, in the adventure and the discovery of how to release what he's placed in us in ways that are consistent with the way he's created each one of us individually. So to me, I love to see him move, but I really love, unless he says otherwise, to just let people rest in the encounter Mm. because it's his goodness and grace and it's the Holy Spirit that draws. And, And I just get this unsettling feeling that when we have a specific agenda, like today I'm going to bring this person into the kingdom, but we're moving outside of the guidance mm-hmm. or the timing of God, I only feel like it's a violation of relationship. Well, because then it becomes about us, not about him. Right. Right. Exactly. That's where I'm coming from on that. And, and so we, we learn to value and treasure relationship above all things. I think Jesus left some pretty good examples that he was much more about relationship than he was with anything else. So, so, so let me let me just ask you guys: What is the most radical encounter you guys have seen? Oh, <laughs> we went we went down to a local store. We had to get some gas, and it's a fairly small town, so we got some gas. And a little gal walked by the car. And I went, oh, she's got some, she got some nastiness on her, meaning spiritually. And so we got some gas, and we went to the one of the little local stores. And I parked behind, and Brian went around the corner, and I couldn't see him to go into the store. And then she walked by from that blind spot, and here I see at this fast pace, just right behind her, da 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 da, and that that little gal had some ugly demons inside of her, on her, around her, and and I'll let Brian tell you the rest of that one, but it was it was so awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, we I seem to be sensitive. Uh, some people call it uh, discerning of spirits. You you just sense spiritual presence, and you spirit, and you sense its source. And I was heading in the store, just doing our everyday thing, going in for to get an item and go. And I passed her, uh, referring to the, to the girl that had some very obvious issues. And I started to go ahead and head into the store. And Father immediately spoke up. And he says, I want you to ask her now if she wants to be free. Mm. And... 
so I immediately spun around without a door and pursued her. Yeah, you did. (laughs) I I wish I had a video camera because that would have been, that probably would have been very funny. Well, she was a little bitty thing, and here Brian's Brian's a tall guy, and it just she kind of went trotting by, and then all of a sudden it was just like Brian was this big giant in the spirit, just thump, 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 right behind her, and just started talking to her right in the middle of this big parking lot. And so anyway, I uh, I approached her, asked her the very question that Father said to ask her: Do you want to be free? And she looked at me kind of funny, and I says, this is important. Do you want to be free? Because today, Father wants to reveal himself from heaven and set you free from these things that have you trapped. And at first, the demonic tried to begin to manifest, and I commanded it to be silent and give her freedom. to use. And I asked her again, would you like to be free? And she said, yes. And so I commanded the demons to go. And we invited her into the kingdom. And the, the last negative thing that I heard before it went was go dine at your own table. And I looked back and I told them, today he's dining at my daddy's table with me. And that was it. Wow. Wow. That's really important, though. I think what you, one of the things that you said is about you spoke to her. Yeah. Because um, just recently, (laughs) I was speaking to someone and I thought I was speaking to them. But as I was speaking to them, something in my belly was like... I'm not sure that was them. And so the next day when I was like washing my hands in the sink, I heard, I heard daddy say, you know that you were talking to a demon, right? (laughs) And I went, yeah, I think I kind of figured that out. And there there was like a chuckle behind it, you know? And it Uh was like, just, just so that there was clarification because I think that if, if it would have been said to me in the moment, it would have scared me. But I think that because the way that it, it happened, but what was really interesting is as I was, as I was speaking to this person, um, I actually was speaking to the spirit. Wow. I wasn't speaking so much to her because the only thing she kept saying, she goes, her mind was blank and all she could hear was no, no, Mm -hmm. no, no. That's all she said. No. And I knew it was not her. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that that... We, we really have to be led by the Father yeah. and the Holy Spirit into some of these things because some of these things, if they have a legal, if they have a legal authority, if they have some, some, some things that they can throw at us that we don't understand. But see, when the Father says, you know what? Time for them to go. Mm-hmm. Well, th- the judge has just ruled in favor of freedom. Yeah. So everybody out. So what, so let me ask you a question. When you asked her about freedom, Uh was she shocked? She must've been shocked. She was. And then the spiritual battle of the garden. I mean, you you could literally see it in her face. Her whole demeanor changed. Mm. And she was struggling 
to say yes, she obviously didn't want to have the kind of life that she had. But the ability to say so was what she was actually battling for in that moment Mm. because literally she was so bound up that the thing was able to manifest and speak through her. Yeah. So I just, I said, I was taking, I was just exercising the authority we've been given. But I don't believe everybody knows that. That, that, and that, that's the frustrating part because when was the last time you went to church and there was like, okay, we're going to talk about deliverance 101 today. (laughs) Anybody here who wants demons out of their life, raise your hand. That just doesn't happen. Well, the top, the topic doesn't seem to be breached a lot, (laughs) (laughs) depending on where, where you have to go to water. Yeah. 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 But I mean, the whole thing about walking in authority is, I think he teaches us through life lessons mm-hmm. just as much as anything else. Uh, if you notice uh, his encounter with the Roman centurion who was seeking deliverance for one of his, uh, in, in the discourse between the two, Jesus was amazed at this guy's understanding of authority. Because remember, he approached him with, I also am a man under authority and in authority. And I tell this one go, and he goes. And I tell this one come, and he comes. So for me, he's used my experiences in uh, my work career, in places of leadership, and so you find a proper balance of both sitting under authority, carrying out the assignments and the tasks at hand, and getting things done. And as a result, you also understand how to rightly sit in authority to bring out the best in people. And so that's probably helped me quite a great deal. Well, that's the other thing, too. You know, some people have authority and they abuse it. And that's been another problem. I, and I feel really bad because I kind of feel that the last couple of days I've been kind of church bashing. <laughs> and I don't mean to because I love church. Please don't get me wrong. I love church. There are times that I just love being in fellowship and praising and worshiping with people and like celebrating and just, you know, sharing the gospel and just hearing stories. And so, uh, but, but there's that other part. There's that controlling part. There's that, that, um, that usurping part that, yeah. that comes in and tries to take control of something that daddy wants to do. I think that's, that's the part that I don't like. And, it, and that's all the man. That's the man agenda. Or, or sometimes it's even spiritual. Yeah. You know, look, if spirits can be in people, they can certainly be in churches. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I think that, like some of the things, Brian, that you're really talking about are so important for people to understand. Because I think as we start to understand our identity through Christ, we get our identity through Christ, but we are filled with the Holy Spirit, which is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Yeah. Now that's authority. It, oh, yeah. it is. It is. And, and I think all of us... Uh, 
as believers, no matter where our uh, current level is, as far as understanding, I think we can all agree that we're designed and fashioned in a way that a day will come when we'll actually rule and reign together with him. But there's also an obscure proverb that says an inheritance quickly, hurriedly or quickly gained in the beginning will be lost in the end. And one day he began to highlight that to me, and I really pressed in, and I'm like, what is this, God? An inheritance is a blessing. An inheritance gets handed down from the Father. It's supposed to empower us to go farther and climb higher. Just like when I was, when my son was working with me uh, in IT infrastructure, he called me up one day and he says, "Dad, he says you got to do something." I says, "What are you talking about?" He says, "Well, you have to do something." He says, "I'm about to excel beyond you." And I started laughing. I says, "Son, don't you get it?" I said, "That's what it's all about. I want you to take my ceiling and make it your floor." and climb higher than I've ever managed to do. So. Well, that, that's an apostle heart. That's an, uh, that really is an apostle's heart. Yeah. Because, you know, we can be about our own business and think about us and us and us and us, but an apostle thinks about others. And an apostle wants the kingdom to be fortified, to be right. strengthened. So, so back to the, uh, inheritance quickly gained in the beginning, I've come to the conclusion this is all about training for reigning. Oh, that's good. I like that. I don't that. know where we ever had the idea that, uh, you know, woe is me. We'll, we'll get out of this by the skin of our teeth. And then we go into the kingdom in heaven, and we're going to rule and reign with him. Where's the training? Well, that... Remember, remember that... That, that that proverb came from the heart of a father who doesn't violate his own principles. There has to be a process that we enter into and that we submit to to learn to grow up into all things. I definitely agree that there has to be a training process and uh, I joke with a lot of people because Joyce Meyer once said that she went to the school of, of you know, the Holy Spirit. I call it Holy Spirit University, yeah. where you don't graduate. You just get a new class. Right. That's it. You never graduate from Holy Spirit. You you just get a new class. Oh, good. You you got compassion. Perfect. Now I'm going to put you in mercy. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm going to teach you all about mercy. Oh, you got that one? Okay, perfect. Now I'm going to put you into authority. Now I'm going to put you into forgiveness. Now I'm going to get you strengthened. Like yeah. those, and those are the things. And I, I finally got that we are transformed um, and God takes us from glory to glory to glory. And all, yeah. one day I got this revelation, which I'm sure everybody else has gotten, however, I just got it, and I went, oh, I get the glory to glory. We're just being transformed into Jesus. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I know. A lot of people are like, duh. <laughs> but, but for me, I got it. Because I kept thinking that God was taking us through these trials and tribulation for his glory. 
but that's not what it meant. See, I was misunderstanding. See, we always think that these trials and these tribulations is because God is like, not that he's punishing us because he's a good father, but that he's, um, you know, he's, he's getting rid of the bad stuff in us. No, he's making us more like Jesus. He's making oh, yes. us more into his image. Absolutely. And if we don't get rid of that stuff, we can't be. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's where our heart is, and that's our heart's cry. And it's just like, it's really like an amazing adventure for us. He, he so filled us with anticipation that we're just excited to, to step into that next thing. Well, and, and that next thing is coming. That next pardon? thing is, the next thing is coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and, you know, the, 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 the very cool part about what you guys are doing and how you're loving on people and you're helping them to see who they are and you're ministering to people and you're, you're just doing it from a place of just you. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I've, it's kind of hard to describe, but if I, I, if I could sum up my heart, I'm, I'm sitting in my sonship. That's where my identity comes from. It's not Brian who's gifted in the prophetic or Brian who evangelizes. I've never been one to seek a title or a stage. I'm just Brian, the everyday guy, learning how to walk with my father in the freedom and intimacy of fellowship and relationship with him. Yeah. I, I just have to tell you, Brian, that as you started to, ta- to say that, I saw an image of Andy Griffith and Opie yeah. walking. <laughs> That's what I saw. I get to be Aunt B. Yeah, well, no, I think you get to be the real sexy woman that that uh, that uh, the sheriff was after. I don't remember. I, I think her name was Donna, right? This is better than Opie. <laughs> but that's that's what I saw because see, there was there was such an exchange between, you know, the you know, Andy Griffith and and his son that they would do stuff together and as they would do stuff together, he would be taught lessons. Yeah. And I think that, that that's what he's been doing is you've yeah. been doing stuff together. And as you're doing stuff, he's teaching you. Yep. Yeah. And it, it actually, I love your analogy because as you painted the word picture yep. of Andy and Opie together, if you remember, do you remember how that show always started off? Yeah, them walking. That's what I saw was them walking. walking together. Yep. Hand they're it. moving and flowing together. And side laughing. Side by side. Yep. In step. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's our, that's our heart's desire. That's what we continue to press in more and more for. Just to be so wrecked in the passion and love of the Father that that very essence begins to spill out. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and those we come in contact with. Yeah. But and it's, it's taking our vision higher from, from although we, we're not willing to pass the one, I think for a long time we've been caught up in, you know, it'd really be great to disciple one person or two people or three people or four and, 
those are great and it's necessary because it has to start somewhere. But to look to the higher vision that he called us to disciple nations is just so far beyond what I think most of us have been willing to consider. Because once we begin to consider it, we begin to get a vision or begin to inquire, what does that look like? And I think we begin to seriously ask questions of the Father that just delights his heart in wanting to answer and release strategies Mm -hmm. so that he could be made manifest in the earth. I definitely agree. And there's, you know, I always think about Joyce Meyer. And if, if, if you've never read any of her books, and I think it was actually the first one, which is um, uh, Battlefield of the Mind, yes. where she kind of talks about her life in the very beginning. And she talks about how at 18, the Lord spoke to her and said that you are going to teach the world. You're gonna, I'm sending you out to teach the world. And she didn't know what it looked like. And it, and it sounded crazy because she was only 18 years old. And, and you hear the stories of when she first started Bible study and she was in her Daisy Duke shorts and she had a cigarette in her hand and she's yep. teaching the Bible. <laughs> but what I love about that is that she took that word and she started to walk in it. She didn't know what it looked like. Uh-huh. She couldn't imagine what it was going to be. But she started to walk. And I think that what you guys are doing is you're walking into your destiny. Yeah, definitely. And I think as you meet these different people and you have these different encounters, that it's preparing you for those that you're going to meet in the future. So it's not going to be so shocking. It's not going to be so different. It's going to be like, ah, done this, been there, had that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I just feel that there are so many. Because uh, somebody once told me, it says that, you know, everybody knows that the, the scripture says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. You know, we all, we all go to that scripture, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. But how many people believe that? Right. Oh, I do. Oh, I do Ooh, too. Yeah. yeah. But see, that's it. You're a visionary. See, you're able to see the vision, you know, in Habakkuk 2.2, it says, you know, write the vision, make it clear. Yeah. Well, Father had to cast the vision in my case because I just, I wasn't even capable of painting or envisioning the things that he's beginning to cause us to see or to inquire about or to press in for. So, I mean, he, he's, he's really shifted. He... he He's caused me to come out of a box of the limitation of my own understanding. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of that verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Yes. So sometimes stepping in to the things that God has for us requires us to give up the right necessarily to understand. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, look, when when Peter saw Jesus on the water, something inside him leapt. Something inside him said, if it's you, really, seriously, like, if it's you, tell me to come. Yeah. And he said, come. Well, then, then came the choice. 
what do you mean come? <laughs> he just mm-hmm. said, come. He's not walking here to come and get me. He told me to come because people think of it and they go, Jesus said, come. And Peter immediately stepped out of the boat. But let's, let's look at it from our perspective. Are you going to walk out on that water? Or are you going to wait for Jesus? If it's you, come. You're expecting right. Jesus to come and get you, right? Right. And you're waiting. And you're like, wait, he's not coming. And he's looking at you. He's waving. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Come on. That's what he's doing. See, we don't, we don't get to see that. But, you know, you start opening up your eyes and asking the Lord, what did that look like? Yeah. And that, but he's saying, come on, it's safe. You trust me, right? You love me, right? You know I would never hurt you, right? So you put your foot out of that boat and you, you, you touch the water. Yeah. And as you start to put more weight, <laughs> you're like, wait, I'm not going down. <laughs> hold up, right. hold up there. Wait a second, yeah. let me take my other foot. Wait, hold on there. I'm standing in the water and Jesus is smiling going, come on, come on, come on, come on. And you're like, uh, I'm going to take another step and you take another step and you're like, I just stepped on the water. But then all of a sudden fear, doubt, all the stuff from your past comes whopping at your feet and you look down for one second, take your eyes off of Jesus and you go down. Yeah. But at least you, you, but you, you had the vision, you saw it. Yep. And I think that that's, we, we have to press in into things that God has shown us in our heart because he's saying, I am giving you permission. I have given you carte blanche to go and do these things. The only thing that is stopping you is you. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, so often, and I think probably a hindrance for me early on would be when I tried to raise it out in my own mind. And... I had to get beyond the point of how we look at what we consider to be failure because it becomes such a paralyzing thing for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and reality is, if you even look in the natural, a, a baby doesn't hop out at birth and go running around through the house on its feet. Right. There's a time, there's a process, and that baby's going to fall a lot as he goes through the process of navigating life in a new way on his own two feet. But, you know, and as a good parent, we don't say bad baby. I can't believe you fell down. Instead, a good parent goes and wipes away a tear. If there is any, they tell them how proud they are. And they encourage them to step up and step out again. This is a process. You may encounter times of missing it and times of failure, but so what? Reality is, if you don't step out, you'll never see a thing. Yeah. So you have to be willing to take him at his word and just simply step out. I've gotten to the point personally where... I wonder in amazement, Father, how far are you willing to go with this? I mean, I've seen cancers healed. I've seen surgeries canceled. I prayed for a baby with autism at Charles and Francis Hunter's last crusade in Houston, Texas. And the little boy's 
the little boy, I called him by name. He misunderstood me. After I prayed for him and asked God to just give him a new brain, because I didn't know how to command what part of the brain needed to be fixed. So I just says, Father, just give him a new brain. Let's start with a fresh start. And I looked at the little boy, and I says, Jonah, did you know Jesus loved you? And here's this autistic child, one minute before, couldn't even focus on people, and he would not look you in your eyes. It's characteristic of them. Spins around, locks eyes with me, and he says, my name isn't Jesus, my name is Jonah. Oh. And it was such a (laughs) shock that his mother screamed and picked him up saying, what did you say, what did you say? This was an unfunctional child that just turned as if it had never happened and looked at me and corrected me and says, my name isn't Jesus, my name is Jonah. So, but reality is, if you never step out, you'll never see it. Right. So just step out where you're at. If you see a need, ask, hey, would it be okay to pray for you? Or, or the one, hey, you want to see something cool? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, definitely, I do, too. <laughs> I love that. So now let me ask you a question, Julie. Like, b- before you met Brian, like, you were stepping out and doing this stuff, too. Well, mine was mostly at work. I, I was a little prayer warrior at work. So that was, that was, that was my ministry was work until I got into the, I hit the deer and got the traumatic brain thing and then spent the two years in whatever I was in, but during that time, um, working up with the prophetic thing, um, I got onto a group and started just, I, it was a huge thing for me to just step out and start doing um, pro- prophecy online on, on one of the groups. But have, did you pray over people that were in the hospital? Did you notice oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, so yeah. Then pe- had- and people were leaving, I'm yeah. sure. But, yeah, if we had... We had people, I mean, I worked in an intensive care unit. Oh, that's the best. I mean, there was everything. We took care of everything from newborns to, you know, 120. And got to see some some just fantastic things and and miracles. And it's just crazy, crazy, wonderful. Well, you know, the, the thing that I have to ask you, Julie, how many people who didn't know Christ started to know Christ because of what you were doing at work? Well, I was there for 28 years, so I, I really couldn't tell you. Okay. So nobody ever asked you about what you did or or how you did it? As far as um, knowing Jesus? Well, or, or praying for people. Oh, yeah, I got, I got, that was, that was the, the best part of, of being there is, is praying for people and, and I just, oh, feeling the move of God and feeling angels in the room and, and having family members, you know, come to Jesus because of the prayer you just said with their loved one. Yeah. Because I, I feel that there was such an anointing in each of the rooms that, that there was almost like, um, that for, for some reason, I just kind of hear like the people at your, at the hospital kind of referred to you as like, uh, the healer or, like the, the spiritual, you know, like you were like the spiritual go-to person. Like when there was something that was sometimes really, really serious, like they would almost like shift rooms so that you would be in that room. 
Yeah, yeah, and I would ask for those patients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that happened because, um, you know, in the in that kind of a profession, not everybody has the same view that I did. Correct. Right. And, but it's hard too, because, you know, I, I have friends and well, we also have mutual friends who are in that profession mm-hmm. yeah. that, you know, they, they, you know, they know what the Lord is telling them to do. So they have to like bypass what, you know, have, everything else is happening and just pray. Right. And so, you know, what's, um, what I find so interesting is how many people who are called to to do healing and to see the miraculous are in the medical profession. I think it's so funny because I truly believe that our gifts are given to us at birth. Uh And so what you gravitate towards is something that God has placed inside you, but sometimes you don't make the connection until you're much, much older, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think that it's just some, it, I just think it's so beautiful what you guys are doing and, and how you are just stepping, stepping into this place of just opening your hearts, your homes, your, you know, your life to just being the hands and feet. And I just, I really encourage you guys, that, you know, if there's something inside of you that is starting to get excited about this, well, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you and saying, I can use you too. There's nothing, first of all, there is nothing, no disrespect, Brian or Julian, you're going to agree with what I'm about to say, but there is nothing special about us except for we are children of the most high God. And if you are a child of the most high God, because you have come into a relationship with him, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then guess what? You can do all these cool things. This is not just for the some. This is for the all. Because yeah. Jesus didn't say to the apostles, well, you're going to lay hands on the sick. And okay, you you might be raising the dead. I'm still not sure on that one. And oh, yeah, you? Yeah, you might cast out some spirits. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-uh. Yeah. He made it a blanket statement. He yeah, made it a blanket absolutely. statement. And that was for anybody who came into the kingdom. Exactly. And that was even new people. Yeah. Because new people got to see some pretty cool stuff. I mean, yeah. we didn't even hear about Philip in yeah. when Jesus was, you know what I mean? We didn't talk about Philip. We didn't hear about Philip. Philip was just kind of like in the background. He wasn't that big. But when he had that encounter with the, with the Ethiopian king, <laughs> and he was like transported from one place boop, to another place boop, and, and, and talked to him about Jesus, and the guy got water baptized, and then boop, he went back. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and, and I'd be willing to to say without being able to prove one way or another in the record because we don't see an account directly from him of how he felt when he was translated. Yeah, I get this sneaky suspicion he probably didn't talk about it a lot. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> I mean, like no, really? I, now, I know I won't. I would. <laughs> well, I mean, like. I'd be like, dude, guess what happened? I know. But you know what? But but there's such a community now that you can do this. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you start talking about that. Like some of the stuff that I've been experiencing, you know, yesterday I, I was on a show and I, I talked about some of the stuff. And I'm waiting to see if there's any kind of, you know, repercussions because of it. But yeah. I was being honest. Yeah. We were actually listening to your show yesterday when they were interviewing you, so we really enjoyed that. Oh, well, thank you. But, yeah. but what was interesting is that there was a freedom. 
Yes. Because I was talking to someone who knew me, who knows me very well. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I could trust to really share from a place of, okay, I don't understand this, but this is what happened. So I'm sure that, that Philip probably talked to some of the disciples. Yeah. I'm sure, but I'm sure because I'd be like, dude, guess what happened to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody understand this? Has this happened to someone, you know? And I, I bet it did. I bet it did because Paul talks about, I know not if I was in the flesh or if I was in the spirit. He, he didn't know. He, he did, but he also kind of said, I know of a man. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's know, true. So, you know, there, so there's all these different things. And I think that like the, what's, what's so fun, this is what's so fun about our daddy is that he just connected you know, Brian and Julie with me just last Friday. Yeah. Yes. Just last Friday, we got connected. But there was such a pull about this show. There was such a pull about this needs to go out. And actually somebody got bumped because this was so important. This is so close to the father's heart because there are people who are really wanting the more. Yeah, absolutely. They're just wanting the more and they just don't know how, how to go about it. Yeah. Because not exactly. everybody's called to have a church. Right. Yeah. Everybody's called to be part of the church. Correct. Correct. We're supposed to grow together in unity up into the fullness of Christ, into the full maturity and stature. You know, it's kind of amazing. We look at how the, how, how the earth seems to be in turmoil and earthquakes here and there, uh, storms, things. Yeah, everybody can say, they can look and say, Things are just out of kilter, man, like all creation is freaking out. But Bible declares in Romans that all creation mm-hmm. groans and yes. awaits for the manifestations of the sons of God. Yes. That's what this is all culminating in. It's what it's all leading up to. And I... so it's going to require everyone. Yeah. To me, a kingdom is no greater than the least in the kingdom. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're talking about the kingdom of heaven here. Yeah. You know, and that was Jesus' heart, that he cried out, Our Father. Mm. So he gave us identity. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there's just something about getting into that place of getting lost in the love of the Father that through encounters and experiences just causes us to cry out that same cry. Father, let your kingdom be made manifest here in the earth. But if we don't know what the kingdom looks like, we won't recognize it. And that's why I believe that there we're starting to see more. And I, and I believe it's also happening overseas a lot more, but it's trickling. It's, it's trickling into the United States. 
because some of the things that I've been experiencing, people are like, oh, this happens all the time in other countries. Right. I'm like, it does? In fact, there is a man who is from India. And what he does is he walks up to people and he says, do you want to meet Jesus? And they say, okay. And he goes, okay. And he prays and they meet Jesus. Yeah. They meet Jesus. Absolutely. Now, how wouldn't, wouldn't that just save so much time? I mean, we wouldn't have to have the pamphlets. We wouldn't have to go knocking on people's doors. (laughs) Eco-friendly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. So, I mean, when, when you asked us, when we got your invitation Sunday and asked us to come on, it's kind of funny because we have been searching for where we could call our church home here in the sweet home area ever since I got out here last June. And to this point, we hadn't succeeded. But we went to a church on Sunday morning. And as I was sitting in the service, I sensed the Father saying two things. And the first thing I sensed him saying was, this will be the place that you call home. And I'm like, okay. I believe that's you. And what I did is I wrote it down on the back of my bulletin and stuck it in my Bible. And I told him, I'm in agreement. Now I just bring my wife's heart into agreement because when the service is over, I'm going to ask her what she sensed. And it was like there was something about the power of even coming in agreement with what I heard him say in that. He immediately turns around and says, now watch as I open up the doors for you to step through to begin to come into the things that I've promised you. So we've been rocked ever since Sunday. We had the discussion after church. I asked her where her heart was, and she looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she says, I feel like we're home. And so I pulled out the bulletin, and I says, Well, here's what I believe the Father said to me. I wrote it down for you. And it says, I have it right here, this will be the place you call home. And then I told her what I was sensing he was saying afterwards. Like, he was so excited and so delighted that he was going to begin to open up doors for us to begin to step into the things that he's spoken concerning us. And we came home and we talked a little more, and I happened to go online just to see what was going on after our conversation. And there was a private message from you. Yeah. Speaking about how the word had impacted you, and would we consider coming on the show? And I'm like, I was floored. I was literally floored because our heart isn't in being known, but our heart is in stirring up a passion and a hunger in others to pursue the Father and as a result to experience the kingdom here on the earth. Yeah. Amen. Instead of putting it on to, off to a distant day. Well, that day is here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that day is here. And I just want to thank you guys so much for, for sharing your stories and sharing your heart. And, and I hope as you guys have been listening to Brian and Julie and their passion and their stories, that this can also be something that can be brought into your home. And all you have to do is say, here I am, Lord, send me. Yeah. 
So I want to thank you guys so much for coming on Touch by Prayer. This has been wonderful. I can't wait to hear and to watch and see what God is doing in your life. If if you guys have um if you have any kind of a website yet, I know you're working on something. So if people we don't have a website up yet, but Julie already has the uh, ministry email address set up. Can you give that out, Julie? Um, it's it's Northwest Prophetic Thunder Ministries, but it's NW Prophetic Thunder Ministries at Yahoo.com. Yeah. Okay. So if you guys want to get in touch with Brian and Julie, if you'd like to have them pray for you, or if you have some questions, I'm sure that they would be interested in, in helping you. Um, also, you can find them on Facebook. Yeah. So if you guys want to connect with them, what's the name of the prophetic group that you're a part of on Facebook? It's- That's Personal Prophecy Group. Okay. And Julia is still on the ministry team there. I, I've actually, I've come off the ministry team recently. Okay. Simply because I want to focus on some things that uh, we're passionately pursuing here. Well, I think that's awesome. And I just want to bless you guys and bless you as God starts to break down those doors and open up some new areas. And I just, I just speak abundancy, abundant life into your ministry and let the doors never close. Amen. We received that. Thank you so much, Lisa. Well, thank you guys for for everything. Thank you so much for listening to Touch by Prayer. I hope you guys are blessed as much as I was. And just remember to go out and touch someone. Good night.